1: But what is it that can change a man from being someone who swears, you blankety, blank, 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 to being someone who stands and preaches about Jesus on the day of Pentecost in front of thousands of people. And what changes a man from violently taking a sword and trying to cut someone's head off to stopping and seeing a lame man and praying for him and helping him walk again? What causes that transformation in someone's life? It's the power of the Holy Spirit and the power of the Word of God in the life-changing person of Jesus Christ. That's what does it.
0: Good evening and welcome as we lift up Jesus with Pastor Dudley Rutherford. I'm Kyle Welch. If you've been searching for a place to be spiritually fed, you've found it. Like you, we believe the Holy Bible contains the spiritual nourishment we need to become faithful servants to God and help grow His kingdom here on earth. This program is part of an outreach ministry from Shepherd Church. Our pastor is Dudley Rutherford, and we join him right now with his message for us tonight.
1: Today, I speak to you on the subject, Peter, just an ordinary fisherman. Billy Graham once told of a teacher who was teaching her Sunday school class. She had a class of young boys. They were all troublemakers. She said, how many of you boys would like to go to heaven one day? And all the boys raised their hand except one boy. There was a boy named Charlie who didn't raise his hand. And she said, well, Charlie, are you saying you don't want to go to 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 heaven? And Charlie says, oh, no, I want to go to heaven. I just don't know if I want to go with all these guys. (laughs) And I believe if you had known Peter, Peter was that type of a person. You could not imagine yourself going to heaven with a guy like Peter. He was obnoxious. He was bold and brash. He would always talk first and think later. He was just an ordinary fisherman. I believe that he looked like a fisherman, that he talked like a fisherman, and that he smelled like a fisherman, because that's all he ever did was fish. And yet, he emerges as one of the leading characters of the New Testament church. I want you to write these numbers down. He's mentioned 83 times in the four Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, And he's mentioned 71 times in the book of Acts. He's also mentioned 11 other times in the rest of the Bible. He is one of the very first disciples that were ever called. So he was with Jesus from the very, very beginning. If you look up here, here, here's how he kind of lived his life. He took three steps for God, and then he would take two steps backwards. He'd take three steps forward, and then he'd take two steps backwards. He was always making advances but it always it always fall back and and for that reason I think we can all relate to him. I think everyone here we re, we relate to Peter. I can't relate to Solomon. Solomon was the richest man on the planet. He was the wisest man on the planet and he had 700 wives. I can't hardly handle the one. What do you do with 700 wives? You know what I'm saying? I can't relate to Abraham. I can't relate to Abraham. Abraham was 100 years old. His wife was 90 when they had their child. Can you imagine 100? And I, I get in here and change these diapers. I can't relate. I can't relate to that. And Noah, Noah was asked to build an ark. God's never asked me to build an ark. I don't know. God's never even asked me to build a rowboat. Most of you, most of you couldn't even build a rowboat if God asked you to build a rowboat. God asked Noah. To build an ark, I can't relate to that and Jonah I can't relate to Jonah I've never been inside a belly of a whale for three days in the middle of the ocean I, I but 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 Peter oh I can relate to Peter can't you I want you to write this down in in, al- in almost every story in Matthew Mark Luke and John Peter stumbles in almost every story now not all but in almost every story But the key thing for you to note is that it's always before the resurrection. He would always stumble. Because after the resurrection, after the Holy Spirit falls, after the day of Pentecost, he goes from being an ordinary fisherman to an extraordinary man of God. I want you to see true transformation in Peter's life. Number one, four things. Number one, he goes from cursing to preaching. I want you to look at Matthew 27, look at verse 69. This was, now, this was before the resurrection. This was before the Holy Spirit. Matthew 26, 69, Peter was sitting out in the courtyard and a little servant girl, everyone say servant girl. She's just a little girl, came up to him. And says, you were, you, were with, you were with Jesus of Galilee, she said. But verse 70, he denied it before them all. I said, I don't know what you're talking about. Verse 71, then he went out to the gate. He went, see, he's making his way out. He went out to the gate way, and there was, there was another little girl. She saw him. She's not even talking to him. She's talking to the other people around her. And she said, you see that guy over there? That fella. he was with Jesus of Nazareth. In verse 72, he denied it again with an oath, I don't know the man. Now, wasn't this the guy who spent three and a half years traveling with Jesus? They ate together. They, they spoke together. They prayed together. Saw all the miracles. Listened to all the sermons. And now he's going out to a little tiny, look, now remember, a little tiny girl. Hey, I, he was with her. I don't, I don't know what you're talking about. I don't even know the man. How is that possible? Now look at next verse 73 after a little while. Those standing there went up to Peter and said, Surely you're one of them, for your accent gives you away." And then verse 74, because he thought he'd been caught because his accent had given him away, it said that he began to call down curses on himself. And he swore. I don't know the man. And immediately the rooster crowed. And Peter remembered the words that Jesus had spoken before the rooster crows, that you will disown me three times. And he went outside. The Bible says that he wept bitterly. Why did he weep bitterly? Because he remembered that just a few hours earlier he had told the Lord that he would always stand with him and even die if he needed to. And now he's cursing and denying that he knows the Lord to a little tiny girl. So he weeps. But if you jump forward to the book of Acts, now jump over to the book of Acts. This is after the resurrection. This is after the Holy Spirit has fallen. In Acts 2, verse 14, Peter stands up. With the 11, he raises his voice and he addresses the crowd. Before, he was denying that he knew the Lord to a little girl. And now he's standing up on Broadway. And he's preaching a message about Jesus Christ. And if you read through the whole sermon, go all the way to verse 41 at the very end. It says, those who accepted his message were baptized and about 3,000 were added to their number that day. What an amazing turnaround. How do you go from cursing to being a preacher? How does that happen? Turn to 1 Corinthians 15. It's two books to your right. And you get a little clue to how that transformation took place. 1 Corinthians 15 Verse 3, Paul writes, For what I received I passed on to you as of first importance that Christ... Well, Now, what happens in verse 3? That Christ died for our sins according to the Scriptures. That's verse 3. In verse 4, it says that he was buried and he was raised. You got that? Verse 3, he dies. Verse 4, he's buried and he resurrects what happens in verse 5 after the death burial and resurrection in verse 5 and then he appeared to who peter. to peter and then he appeared to the 12 and after that verse 6 he appeared to more than 500 the brothers at the same time verse 7 then he appeared to james and then he appeared to all the apostles and last of all He appeared to me, Paul says. What happened in Peter's life, the reason he went from cursing to preaching was that he met Jesus after the resurrection and he'd also received the gift of the Holy Spirit because that's what God does to a man. He transforms you from the inside out. I want to ask you this question Is there anyone in this room that would raise your hand and say, That's my testimony? I used to be a foul mouthed individual. I used, to, I used to curse at a dog if I saw a dog. But I met Jesus Christ. I received the Holy Spirit, and he's transformed me, my life and put me on a new path. If that's you, raise your hand real quick, and let's thank the Lord for all the transformation stories we have right here, right here today. God bless you. I have an article here. For 1905, there was a revival over in Wells, and it was a mining community. And they say that 100,000 people got saved in this community. The crime rate went from article says the crime rate w- went from 600 incidences a month to two a month. And it says that the donkeys that worked in the, in the mines no longer knew the commands because their owners had always used swear words when talking to the donkeys, and now the donkeys are confused because they don't hear any curse words anymore. (laughs) Oh, we need a revival like that in America today. Amen, amen, amen. (laughs) Then number two, write this down. He goes from hurting people to helping people. Peter, amazing transformation. I want you to look at Acts chapter 3. I want want you to see where he's involved in this incredible miracle. Now, don't forget in chapter 2 he's preaching. Chapter 3 he's healing. I want to read through this. Verse 1. One day Peter and John were going up to the temple just like you came to church today. How many of you came to church? I saw you coming to church. You, You came to church. It says they were going to the temple at the time of prayer at three in the afternoon and now verse two a man crippled from birth he had never walked he was being carried through a, a, a the, the gate at the temple and then what was the name of the gate the bible says oh oh it it was called beautiful and how many of you know it had to be beautiful and he was put there how often was he put there every single day to beg from those going into the temple courts it'd just be like if you came in and out of church every single sunday and there's one guy laying out there on a the map begging you for money every time you came in and out of the temple Verse 3, when he saw Peter and John about to enter, he asked them for money. Verse 4, Peter looked straight at him as did John, and Peter said, look at us. And so the man gave them his attention expecting to get something. You know, when you see a homeless person, when you're driving, they're on the corner, you try not to look over because if you look over, you're afraid to make eye contact. And so, so this guy, he's driving, he's coming to church, and he's at, begging for money, and everyone's just kind of walking by. And all of a sudden, Peter John stopped and looked at him. And he said, oh, this is it. I got him, I got him, I got him, I got him. And then the Bible says, so the man, of uh, verse 6, he must have been disappointed when he heard these words come out of Peter's mouth. Silver and gold have I none. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, buddy. Got no money. Got no change. Sorry. He had to be, oh, man, no money. And then Peter John said, what did he say? He said, he said but what I do have, I'm going to give to you. Said, oh, oh, yeah, here comes, a, here comes a half-eaten sandwich that he just... <laughs> That's what he's thinking. Verse 6, Peter said, silver and gold have I I not, but what I have I'm going to give to you. And then he says, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, walk. Taking him by the right hand, he helped him up. And instantly the man's feet and ankles became strong. And the Bible says in verse 8 that he jumped to his feet and he began to walk. And he went with them into the temple courts, walking and jumping and praising God. No one else was doing that in that temple. Let me tell you that right now. So he kind of stood out like a sore thumb. He jumping up and down. Verse 9, when all the people saw him and walking and praising God, verse 10, they, they, they recognized him as, hey, that's that same guy who used to sit begging at the temple gate called Beautiful. And they were all filled with wonder and amazement at what had happened to him. Peter, see him helping, watching, helping this guy walk. Isn't this the same guy back in John 18 that took a sword when Jesus was arrested in the Garden of Gethsemane and cut his, cut his ear off, particularly his right ear off? And what was the name of that guy got his ear cut off? It's on the screen. Aren't you looking at the, What's his name? <laughs> I'm trying to help you out here. What's his name? Malchus. And I've always read that, and I, 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 I always think, you know, was Peter like this incredible swordsman that he looked over at this guy and said, I'm going to get his right ear, and he went like that? No. That's not what happened. I think Peter took that sword and was trying to cut the guy's head off. And the guy sees the sword coming and does this and ducks and the sword hits his ear that's what i think happened i don't know if that's true but peter was a fisherman i think he was aiming to cut the whole head off and missed and got the guy's ears what i think but what is it that can change a man from being someone who swears you blankety blank 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 blankety blank 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 to being someone who stands and preaches about Jesus on the day of Pentecost in front of thousands of people, and what changes a man from from violently taking a sword and trying to cut someone's head off to stopping and seeing a lame man and praying for him and helping him walk again. What causes that transformation in someone's life? It's the power of the Holy Spirit and the power of the Word of God and the life-changing person of Jesus Christ. That's what does it. I had a guy in my office, and he was in church last night, who told me his testimony. He lived in the nightclubs down here in Hollywood. Some of you people think you go over there, that like, you're still in L.A., okay? You're still here. You think you're in another world. No, you're still here, but you're going to Hollywood, And you become different people that you shouldn't you shouldn't be involved in that. But he lived there. He lived there and he lived in the clubs in Las Vegas. And he said he was on cocaine, alcohol, women. This guy was a playboy, is what he was. And he said, ten years ago, I want you to remember this. Ten years ago, someone at work gave him a Bible. And he said, "I put it on my desk." He said, "I never read the thing. Never opened it until someone invited me to Shepherd of the Hills Church." Said, I came into your church, preacher. He said, "I could not believe it." He said, "Every time you came to church, you asked us to open up our Bibles and we would read a verse, and I just couldn't believe it. I would look at it and you would explain it, and it made sense and it helped me, and I I realized that in the clubs every night I was coming home, I was still empty." I, Uh, That 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 life never, ever satisfied. I I could never get enough. But as soon as I started reading the Bible and and I started coming to your church, it all made sense. Because I remember when I was a little kid growing up, I never, ever listened to a preacher, never said, I I goes I can't explain it to you. He goes, but one day I stepped forward. I gave my life to Christ and I was baptized. And then he said these words to me. He said, I cannot believe that for 10 years of my life, that every answer to every problem I had was in the Bible and it just sat there on my desk and I never even opened it. That's exactly what we're talking about. Number three, write this down, he went from denying, remember he denied that he knew the the Lord, which is really lying, because he knew the Lord. Denying is lying. But he went from lying and denying to being this most courageous, incredible preacher in the first century church. I want you to look at the next verse, Acts 3.11. Now watch what happens. He heals this guy. The Lord healed him at this gate called Beautiful. Verse 11, while the beggar held on to Peter, he wouldn't let go of him all the people were astonished and came running to them in a place called Solomon's what's it it called? it was called Solomon's Colonnade and if you look at the next verse he starts preaching again he preached a sermon in Acts chapter 2 now he's in Acts chapter 3 he's preaching another sermon and he gets in trouble for preaching I want you to go to Acts chapter 4 I want to read through this quickly Acts chapter 4 and we find the priest everyone say priest Now, what you're going to see as I read through this, this is all the opposition. There are 11 different groups of opposition to Peter preaching. I want to read through this, all right? See if you can stay with me on this. The priest, the captain of the temple guard, and the Sadducees, they came up to Peter and John while they were speaking to the people. Verse 2, they were greatly disturbed because the apostles were teaching the people and proclaiming in Jesus the resurrection of the dead. Verse 3, they actually seized Peter and John because it was evening and they threw them in jail until the next day. So now Peter and John are in jail. Yet I love verse 4, Bible says that many who heard the message believed and the number of men grew to about 5,000. Just a chapter or two earlier it was 3,000, now it's up to 5,000. Oh, the church is growing. Verse 6, more opposition. Verse 5, I should say. The next day, the rulers, the elders, the teachers of the law, they met in Jerusalem. More opposition. Verse 6, Annas, the high priest, was there. So was this fellow named Caiaphas, another guy named John, Alexander, and the other men of the high priest family. And they had Peter and John brought before them and began to question them. By what power or name did you do this? And here it is, verse 8, Peter filled with the what? The Holy Spirit. He said to them, and guess what he does? He preaches sermon number three. He said, Rulers and elders of the people, if what we are called to give account today for an act of kindness shown to a cripple and ask how he was healed, then know this you and all other people of Israel it is by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, but whom God raised from the dead, that this man stands before you healed. He is the stone you builders rejected, which has become the capstone. Salvation is found in no one else. For there is no other name under heaven given to men by which we must be saved. Oh, man, he is preaching. This is the same guy that to a little tiny girl is going, I don't know who he is. How did that transformation take place? Look at verse 13. It says, when they saw the courage. Say the word courage. When they saw the courage, they realized that these were unschooled. Ordinary men. And they were astonished and they took note that these men had been with Jesus. So, do you picture this? They're standing before the Supreme Court of Israel, the wisest teachers of the law, the lawmakers of that day. And they're listening to this sermon and they're, do- and they still smelled like a fisherman probably, and they still talked like a fisherman a little bit because they they're Galileans. And he said, who are these unschooled? Who are these unschooled idiots? And they wrote down, hey, there's only one explanation for what we're listening to. These men must have been with Jesus. It's the only explanation they had. And ladies and gentlemen, that's why we need Jesus
0: today. If you were blessed by Pastor Dudley's message and would like to pray with someone, our phone lines are available now and ready for your call. Our number is easy to remember. Call us right now at 888-818-4777. That number again is 888-818-4777. Our Lift Up Jesus phone counselors are ready for any prayer needs you may have at this time. If you would like more information about Pastor Dudley Rutherford, Shepherd Church, or this ministry, be sure to visit our website, liftupjesus.com. The greatest story ever told is more than just a cliche. God goes to great lengths to rescue lost and hurting people. That is what the story is all about. The story of the Bible, God's great love affair with humanity. Condensed into 31 accessible chapters, the story sweeps you into the unfolding progression of Bible characters and events from Genesis to Revelation. Using the New International Version, It allows the stories, poems, and teachings of the Bible to read like a novel. The story features a foreword by Max Licato and Randy Frazee and tells the story of a true God who loves his children, who established for them a way of salvation. Each story in these 31 chapters reveals the God of grace, the God who speaks, the God who acts, the God who listens, the God whose love for his people culminated in his sacrifice of Jesus, his only son, to atone for the sins of humanity. The story, the Bible is one continuing story of God and His people, can be yours right now for a gift of any size to the Lift Up Jesus ministry. Our toll-free number is 888-818-4777. That number again is 888-818-4777. You can also order your copy of the story directly from our website, liftupjesus.com. That address again is liftupjesus.com. If you are looking for a resource that will help make the Bible easier for you to read, then this is the book for you. Get your copy of The Story. The Bible is one continuing story of God and His people today. I'm Kyle Welch, inviting you to join us again tomorrow night at the same time here on KKLA as we lift up Jesus with Pastor Dudley.